I want to make a food store called See You Next Foods Day. Oh. That's my Cunf. current desire. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you just call it Foods Day? Because I think that every day is Foods Day. Yeah, well, that's that's the that's part of the joke is that come here whenever you you want. Mm. But that way you can abbreviate it to, to cumf. Well, it would be with an N <laughs> instead of C U M F like you pronounced. Cunf. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to there pronounce. Cunf. Cunf. Wait, are you saying U like just the letter? Yeah, like... it's the letter C, the letter U, <laughs> the word next. <laughs> like you all. Yes. That's great. <laughs> With all that tries to divide us, let's take solace in song to rebuild the detritus. Everything's, Everything's great. Right. Nothing, Nothing is, is wrong. wrong. Yeah, I got to go on a road trip. Right with the farmer that I live with. Went down to Sweet Home, Arkansas. How is it there, and what and what is it hot. like there? It's hot. We went to a national park called Hot Springs National Park. There mm. was a, a babbling spring, and all the springs there are full of, like, baking soda, essentially. But not all of them. There's some cold springs. Huh. But it was pretty cool um, and also very hot. But, yeah, it was soothing to my little cricket joints. Uh, <laughs> you can do, like, a spa pack where they put you know, the special water on these towels and pack your body in it. And I learned a lot about racism. Oh, should we have a racist segment? <laughs> I think every episode is a racist segment. That's that's true. We've really been hooked on this half Asian. That really well, was a catalyst for everything that's happened. You know how they talk about how, you know, punk music was real good during Reagan and, you know, mm-hmm. how anytime there's a sort of a dictator involved, in someone's government there's like a flourishing of arts and music and oh my gosh and frank's diary like and frank dudes <laughs> oprah top of oprah's book list oh yeah so along with I a million it... little jews which did not sell very well Sch- schindler's list was a pretty good at the box office <laughs> anyways i think that it's important for us to know that you know there's going to be some uh, great works flourishing Making making art great again. <laughs> MAGA. See, we just came up with we our own it. acronym. Ma- we did it. You could put it put that on a, a hat and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> the- but uh, I did see some proud boys, which I think is um, the most laughable name for a gang. Wait, that's a gang name. That's not just a. Oh man, you don't know about proud boys? Tell me they're, about proud um, boys. So they're these guys that think that white people are the best and mm-hmm. non-white people are not the best. And sometimes they get punched on TV. I watch a lot of TV because okay. I'm in a, you know, indoor, outdoor. So <laughs> indo, outdo. And uh, I think that it's important to know about these new types of gangs. We used to call them neo-Nazis when, when I was an egg. Mm, but now that's a little heads. bit like post-modernism. Oh, it's, it's like archaic. Yeah. Yeah, plus they have this new, they've adopted um, what people are calling the Peaky Blinders haircut. So uh, they're not skinheads anymore because they got hair. Oh. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good uh, cover up. Yeah, for someone's racism. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting how these are probably, you know, young, affluent adults whose grandparent 
were in the war. Oh, so they're like rebelling against their forefathers. Yeah, their forefathers used to kill Nazis. Now they're trying to bring it back. Wearing Nazi armbands and sig hailing all the time. Hailing? Like the weather? Yeah. Yeah, the Ziggy Stardust and Hail, they do a combo of that where they they point very dramatically like they're on a stage and they point like there's hail coming at you. <laughs> they do their whole all of their fingers when they're pointing. Well, there's so many hails that like you, mm-hmm. you can't just get, reach like, them all with one point. Five hails are coming at you. Watch you, know, out. you use all the digits available. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. So the Proud Boys are they the the number one white supremacist gang right now? They're like the most popular white supremacy gang on mm-hmm. on uh, on Twitter today. So they've taken over Stormfront, which is mostly fatties and you know. Just the regular old skinheads. Hmm. Are the yeah. old skinheads mad that they're being, you know, like outclassed? Which which old skinheads? The ones from the sixties? The old neo Nazis. Are... Yeah. Are they still alive? I imagine. Mm, I mean, if you were like a twenty-one year old skinhead in nineteen sixty-three. All right. Give me a you're second. Be like... This is a good riddle. Um, you're dead now. You're dead or demented okay. from old age. What's funny about demented old people is that they live their youth. So they're like these people in the old folks home are being the neo-Nazis still. It's, it's funny. We were just talking about that this morning on the way to go eat some macaroons that, uh, you know, there's people whose grandparents ostensibly lived as slaves, mm-hmm. you know, like if they were born in like 19 or 1850, and they were like, first time I got whipped. And then, you know, they died at like 90. There's people there that are like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, my parent or grandparent. Yeah. It's not long ago. No, it's very recent. And yeah, so uh, we've come a long way, actually. Have we? <laughs> well, okay. I read an article recently, and it, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I, – I stopped reading before I realized it. And it, yeah. it, it said, the gender wage gap is going to close. And I was like, oh, that's great. And it said, by 2114. Mm, but I didn't really see that second part. Rewards. And I just stopped because it was like a, a very long hyphen, maybe an N dash, maybe even mm. an M dash. And it's, Oh, man. Yeah, Sexy. it was a, just a long way to read across that whole line. And I was like, well, that's great. Uh, the gender gap's decreasing. Um, but then I the think the end. point was that it wasn't happening soon enough. Not in our lifetime. But not in ours, but in a lifetime. I mean, I don't even know how many reincarnations I've lived through, but I'm probably not long for this world. Well, let's say that's 100 years from now. Hmm. And let's say 100 years ago, women barely even had gender wage. Well, we couldn't vote 100 years ago. Yeah, so I think that's great progress. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I guess so. I feel like we move backwards sometimes. Instead of I think forward. that's the see. That's the problem. I think is that uh, because everyone's living in the present so much, mm. we we see all these like minute changes, like dictators and bad presidents as like step backwardses. Yeah, it's all much of the same. We recycle. And we yeah, we reuse and we reduce, and ultimately, it's all moving forward. It's just that. We see every little bump and hiccup, but... Meaningless. 
in the grand scheme. Kind of. And I know that's um, considered impolite to the people who are currently alive. Yeah. But so many yeah. people have no been wants... currently alive. Yeah. And they're no not, they to, aren't, though. Like, no. be told that, oh, not that many people died during 9-11. Because it was a national tragedy, and it was one of the first, like, one of two major offenses of people attacking uh, the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, Pearl Harbor and um, September 11th both sparked wars. But when you're like, oh, yeah, but, like, fewer people died in that than this um, tsunami. Right. Happened yesterday and they're like fuck you right how dare you disrespect and i'm like no i'm just just stating like facts of death toll (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'm not saying that one's better than the other they're both terrible i'm just saying that in terms of body count shit like you get a real bad earthquake and like entire country collapses that's c-u-n-f cunt 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 doesn't it get funnier the more you think about it? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get it tattooed on my arm. Uh, so, have you ever heard of 10Q? Are you trying to say thank you? No. Like, so there's a uh, service that I have called Do You To 10Q, where they ask you 10 questions every year around Rosh Hashanah. Oh. As like a New Year's reflection. May I ask you one of the questions from 10Q? I hope you would. Oh, I hope that I would too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is a question that I want you to reflect back on the last year. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you wish you had done differently this past year? Alternatively, is there something you're especially proud of from this past year? Hmm. I probably wish I'd done something differently. Hmm. Um... I wish you were wearing clothes. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm not either. So I, can't, I can't. I'm a hypocrite. Uh, uh, I'm an apocrite. Yep, uh, that's true. Um, you know, I'm trying to answer this question sincerely. Uh, I sincerely hope you do. Can you give me well, your answers and I'll mull over oh, mine? Yeah, let me sign in. I'm going to... I've been doing this for years. Oh. So I need to remember my password. Hold on. Do the tabbing sound. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I will share with you a... My answer to is there something you wish you had done differently this past year. Alternatively, is there something you're especially proud of from this past year? From seven years ago. Whoa. What I would have done differently, I would not have worked at should have bucked up and applied for a real job like i'd have seen that one coming (laughs) something i'm especially proud of i'm so glad i worked at living the american dream from the crow's nest of a sinking ship thanks for all the (laughs) hmm so that's a paradox of an answer (laughs) right but it's true if you if you had not worked i would never have met you that's true no actually i uh I feel like our mutual associates in the mafia knew me before I moved. They actually just uh, continued to become friends with me because I gave them. Oh, okay. So I might have been still like, uh, you know, around, but I wouldn't have been so uh, vibrantly a part of the fabric (laughs) of the relationship. 
the, you wouldn't have been the the single fulcrum keeping them balanced. Yeah, through distraction. Yeah, whenever, whenever their uh, relationship was flailing, I was there with a life raft saying, "Hey, here's a on the house." They made me manager after like one week <laughs> because they were closing the store, and because the other manager got stabbed by a customer and then was replaced immediately with a, a co-worker who stole like all the money out of the safe all fifty dollars wow so they're like all well f- you're next in line i'm like i've i haven't even turned in my w9 like i just walked in the door guys <laughs> i i tend to find that as long as you're a competent human being employers will promote you immediately because they're the reason they're hiring is because something's going wrong they may promote you, but will they pay you well? No, never. <laughs> we all know this. This is but classic. I, I at my at the death job you're aware of, I uh, became lead deather hmm. fairly soon. Because you dug all the graves the fastest. Yeah, everyone's like, I have to go eat. I don't want to dig this grave, and I would just eat the dirt. <laughs> bed wine, bed wine. When you don't have the will to get out of bed. Bed wine, bed wine, when you want to go get drunk, but you stay home instead. Bed wine! Available at your nearest pharmacy. Do nuns have sex with crosses? Do they have, like, dildos that are crucifixes? Oh, yeah. They got it. It's good handles on them. Mm, you're right. It's like a little sword. <laughs> Plus, they have the ring. Uh, the ring? Nuns have a ring that is on the wrong hand that says that they're married to Jesus. Really? Yeah, dude, don't you know about nuns? Nun facts. I know almost nothing. I was Man. Sure, I was going to be like, things. I know none, but that didn't none things. That it wasn't good. <laughs> the level of familiarity I have with nuns is none. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I, I got kicked out of Catholic school, so. Is it for flirting with the nuns too much? No, I was uh, an indentured servant. And the nuns had me cleaning up after classes were out. And one of the nights I thought it'd be pretty funny to rearrange all the letters of the alphabet at the top of the classroom. So it started with Z and ended with A. And then I um, noticed that this particular nun, who I didn't care for because she was really fragile and frail as a person, not in physical sense. Sure. Um she had a dry erase calendar so i erased all the numbers and put them starting from 31 going backwards to one and i changed the the dates to go from like sunday saturday friday so everything was backwards there which may have meant that they were still technically right yeah and then look um, at it upside down i erased the chalkboard and i had a pretty good memory so i could and I was really good at forging um, writing. Mm. So I did the writing as if it was a mirror backwards. Um, <laughs> so if you had a mirror on one wall, you could see it and it would look exactly like it had been before I erased it. Because oh. um, I had to like wash the chalkboards at night. So I was washing um. the chalkboard and I rewrote it so it looked all clean and like it had been done that way the same way. And then I pushed all of the desks to the opposite side so the teacher's desk was in the front left and i pushed it to the back right and then i moved all the tables and chairs of the student desks so they were facing her you know desk so i just rearranged everything so it was like a mirror image of itself that's so great did they think it was a divine intervention 
Well, when the sister walked in on Monday morning, she fainted <gasps> and then said that the devil had done it and she never taught again. And then they blamed it on this um, prankster kid that was a few years younger than I am. And I said, no, I did it. I thought it was funny. I didn't at all mean any malice. I just thought it was like a, a trick, like, ha, 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 joke, joke. Yeah. And then they're like, don't come back. <gasps> I can't believe the devil did that. I know. The devil must have taken hold of my young soul. And then I got to go to public school after that. Oh, you're so lucky. I know. Only the best kids get to go to public school. <laughs> so I really lucked out there. Uh, I felt like Charlie in the chocolate factory. Um, Who, did you know he was black in the book? He was black? Mm-hmm. I thought I read that book. Well, the Road Doll, mm -hmm. the author, wanted him to be a little black boy from a poor family, but they had drawings, illustrations done, and they published it for a few years, and there was some grumbling, so they changed into white people. Oh. Because, you know, they have, you know, Grandpa Joe and those other grandpas all... Grandmas and grandpas all sleeping together in one bed because yeah. they're lazy. But then as soon as he hears that, like, we're going on a free trip, Grandpa Joe jumps into the air and he's, like, putting on his shoes, like, let's get going. It's like, fucker, you haven't worked in 25 years. <laughs> Does that mean Ronald is actually more or less racist? I mean, I guess that would be less racist because he is being inclusive and diverse in his writing. But but then the stereotypes of the lazy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So they wanted to shy away from that in the movie and in the illustrations huh now you have some willy wonka facts to put under your, your cap forever now thomas the tank engine tank engine romance forever now thomas the tank engine tank engine time All right. Barrow Engine Medical Works Experimental Research, Cumbria, England, year 2016. 22 years later. Come on, work with me. I needed him down on the ground level five minutes ago. Now, I have no idea who these characters are. Let's hold on a second. Okay, you be the first character and I'll be the second. Yeah, that sounds voice. good. We're learning. There's no, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no genders here. This yeah. is a gender-free zone. So. so you can still be the narrator, but we'll just switch back and forth for characters. Okay. Come on, work with me. I needed him down on the ground level five minutes ago. Dr. Bug. What? Guide him over. Make sure you watch it. No, fuck, shit, shit, shit. Oh, hell. Blood suddenly spurted everywhere as a curved section of sheared-off rail fell to the ground with a loud clang. Get him on the tracks! Get him on the tracks now! This just got a whole lot worse, Dr. Berg. I know that, Dr. Carson, yeah. That's it, lower him down. He needs to be on the tracks, not to the side of them. Damn it, is this your first day working a lift? God, you people! He shouted sarcastically. Shit, this is bad. We need to get that section cut right away. Cut away right now, Dr. Carson yelled. Definitely the artery. He needs a clamp and a transfusion. He jumped up onto the footplate above the wheels. Dr. Bird Berg ran over to the cabinet against the wall to grab a vial. His heart raced as he jumped up on the opposite side of Dr. Carson. 
Can you see the artery? Is it severed or just a tear? He asked as he worked fast to get a blood sample. Dr. Carson had a full view of the lacerated area. Yes, I can see it. It looks like just a tear, but if I could uh, just... He twisted around to speculate a, a good angle of entry. Watch your wrist. The edge of that steel is like a razor blade. He jumped down and... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He jumped down and ran to get the blood for the transfusion. Grab the saw! There isn't enough clearance here to run an IV. We'll have to go in through the side. Dr. Carson had a hard time seeing as he reached in between the jagged, rolled edges and felt around, quickly pinching off the tear in the artery. The pulsing stream stopped. There! Thank you! He sighed hard. He could feel the throbbing through the vein as the heart fought to pump life sustenance to all the vital organs. It was getting weaker. We're losing him, Doctor! He shouted as Dr. Berg came into view with the monitor and transfusion equipment. He grabbed the mini circular saw from its case in the wall and jumped back up by Dr. Carson. Shit! Keep an eye on that pulse while I cut it. The saw hummed its high-pitched whine, and he had to steady his shaking hands as he laid the blade against the steel. Remember, Doctor, we've never done this before. You need to feel your way through. Can't push the blade in too far, or you'll cut him and make things worse. He took in a breath and held it, pushing the blade through and feeling the resistance let up slightly as the edge cleared the thickness of the metal encasement. Sparks flew as he slowly brought it down around the curvature, the diamond blade effortlessly making its tracks through the hard steel as he turned a 90 degree, degree angle to bring it across and then back up and over to his starting point. Finally, he could let his breath out as he threw the section of the steel aside to expose the vital organs. I don't know who this is. I think it's you. <laughs> I don't mean to rush you, but he's almost gone! There was too much blood loss, and he could feel the heart losing its battle. I just finished. He worked quickly to thread the IV into a secondary vein. Can you see the heart? Yes, it's pretty weak. I'll have this going in a second. He kept working to get the new blood flowing, punching buttons on the monitor that was now hooked up to the patient as blood started to feed through the line and into the vein. Come on! He muttered under his breath as the monitor screen flashed while it recorded the vitals. Immediately, the alarm began to beep and flash red as it registered the sinking pulse. Shit! What's he at? 25 and dropping. Come on! Stay with me! He yelled as he watched the numbers on the monitor decrease with every beat. 23, 21, 18. No! Damn it! He shouted as the green peaks flatlined and the beep sounded a steady, shrill tone. Intercardiac, now! Fuck! He jumped down and ran to the glass cabinet in the wall. His palms were sweating as he reached in and grabbed the needle for the intracardiac injection. Full draw! 50 milligrams epine epinephrine. <laughs> Epinephrine. <laughs> shit, shit, shit! He yelled as he drew the adrenaline into the massive syringe. I hate this fucking thing. It's our last chance at saving him. You have to do it now! Oh, God! He winced as he looked at the still heart and then at the thick tapered cut needle. I can't. Now! Shit! 
His hands trembled as he crouched down and braced himself against the curved steel. Please let this not be in vain. I'm so sorry. He whispered around tears before forcibly sinking the tapered edge of the needle into the soft tissue of the heart and pumping it with the adrenaline. Come on, come back to me! He yelled. Just as the syringe was running empty, a long, blood-curdling scream of sheer agony filled the silence as the heart started to beat again before the needle had been pulled out. Dr. Berg felt himself wanting to retch as the scream rang in his mind and his entire body cringed as he yanked the needle out and threw it across the floor. Oh, thank God. He breathed, laying his forehead against the smooth black metal, his shaking fingertips white as, the, as he gripped the tight curvature of the steel. Dr. Carson breathed a heavy sigh and closed his eyes. Oh, it worked! Welcome back! he said as he padded alongside the immense gash. The patient's face twisted in excruciating pain as he cried out. His breathing labored from the massive amount of life-saving adrenaline coursing through his system. His eyes and teeth were clenched shut, and there were tears streaking down his cheeks. We'll get you some morphine. Dr. Berg said as he sighed, patting the steel just behind his tortured face. It'll help depress the system from the epinephrine, too. He said to Dr. Carson. I'll put the first dose into his main line, but then I'm going to run a secondary IV for later. I may as well. I have access to plenty of veins now. He jumped down and came around to the front, noticing that the patient seemed to be trying to say something amidst his struggle. He looked at Dr. Carson questioningly and shook his head. I can't make it out either, he said. Maybe once he gets the morphine. Grab the suturing kit. It's going to take both of us to patch up this tear. With both sets of hands working together, the artery was sewn back in no time. Dr. Carson worked quickly with a cut section of steel to get a temporary covering on the patient, while Dr. Berg administered the morphine into his transfusion line. Good Lord, what a day so far, Dr. Carson said as they retreated to the office, which overlooked the large room that they were in. Not what I was expecting when I showed up for work today. Dr. Berg replied flatly. I never thought I'd have to do that. He grimaced. He was pretty shaken up about the intracardiac as he shivered slightly. They both looked out to the observation glass at the patient, now beginning to show the first signs of relief from the pain. This was the first installment of Atlas Chugged. We hope that you enjoyed part one of Atlas Chugged, a oral tradition. Now that sounds gross. An oral interpretation of Forever Now by Tank Engine Romantic. That was part one, section one, part one. Because <laughs> section one isn't done yet. I know. Uh, uh, oh, oh boy. You know what? Oh, I what? think that's great. I'm dying. But I also want to read some of these comments. Where are the comments? Underneath the com the, the the story is the comments on it. Maybe we'll read it once yes. we finish this the rest of the the section. Yeah, it would we would be like definitely jumping ahead. Do you think Tank Engine Romantic is a woman or a man? That's a very good question. We um, can speculate based on the avatar of a um blue flame circle with an arrow and a red flame circle with a cross oh they're intersex 
Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Oh no, this is a don't dead open inside. Take romantic engine. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, we definitely shouldn't be like making fun of tank engine engine romantic while we're. Oh no, I'm not at all. Their stuff. I, yeah. I I I. Oh, she's thirty two female. I'm genuinely very impressed that this is real. Yeah. I've, it gives me much joy. I. This is great. It's part of everything. It's great. It is part of everything. I feel like I might want to meet Tank Engine Romantic. Maybe when we're done, we can try to. Oh, find them. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to. I don't know how what point episodes are ending or not. So I want to mention a little bit about stoicism um, that I think pertains to potentially earlier earlier this episode, maybe earlier another one, which is um, a quote. Uh, (laughs) What is this blooping again? I forget. I'm changing the tabs. Are you hitting tab while you bloop? Yeah. I'm trying to find this quote I thought I had a tab of, but um, well, I don't remember who said it. But I think it kind of epitomizes um, stoicism for me, which is, why cry for the parts of life when the whole thing calls for tears? <laughs> that's wonderful. So I kind of just feel like that's my situation with 9-11 and, you know, yeah. wage gap. It's like, yeah, everything's always sucking. But guess what? Everything's great. Nothing is wrong. Exactly. Podcast.com. <laughs> Thanks for doing it again. That'll be great. Right? Oh, wait. It's not. That's not even what it is, though. It is. Everything's podcast. Everything's podcast. You don't even know, man. Everything's podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> You're doing a real, real, a real should, good job. Thank you. I should drink less. <laughs> everything's podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>